think about that sort of image of of connecting, like locking people in to to sort of sit on the edge of their seats to to watch your video content. That's that's the aim. If you can do that, that's going to be brilliant. And you can only do that if your message really resonates with your audience. You're listening to Real Marketing Real Fast, the only podcast that brings you unfiltered, undaunted, insider information on the latest tools and technologies for online marketers. Prepare to dive deep into marketing myths, breakthrough models, and cutting-edge strategies that will have an immediate impact on the growth of your business. And now, here's your host, marketing expert, Doug Morneau. Well, welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Real Marketing Real Fast. Today's guest is Gideon Shalwick. He's a serial entrepreneur who's been creating online videos for over a decade. I first met Gideon several years ago at a conference called the Tropical Think Tank held in the Philippines and run by Chris and Irv Ducker. After a couple of entrepreneurial hiccups, Gideon found his niche in video marketing with his finger on the pulse of social media content marketing trends. Gideon knows the impact of authentic engagement with branded video content. While he learned that 85% of video content is viewed on mobile devices, he realizes that the importance of high quality captions for that content. So he launched a new company called Splashio. It's a video captioning service that's powered by real people that manually transcribe your video and add personalized captions. Because of the human touch, Splashio also creates meme-worthy videos using flawless captions to grab users' attention and keep them engaged. So I'm super excited to reconnect with Gideon today and welcome to the Real Marketing Real Fast podcast today. Hey Gideon, super excited to reconnect with you today and to invite you on the Real Marketing Real Fast podcast. So welcome to the show today. Awesome to be here, Doug. Looking forward to it. So we met uh, a whole long time ago over in the Philippines at a Chris Ducker event and I'm just super excited to catch up with you and for you to fill us in a little bit on what you've been working on in the video and online marketing space. Oh man, it's been a journey since we've uh, talked last. I think we just mentioned before we started this call that when we met back at Tropical Think Tank with, with at Chris Tucker's event, I was just about to start a new business, uh, V-Roll, a company that I started with uh, some co-founders of mine, JC and, and uh, JC and, and Sophie. That company I've exited from now, but it was a, a wonderful journey, lots of learning experiences. You know, we, we, we built software that would automate the video production for uh, video ads. And so we learned a ton. I think we ended up serving, last time I checked, it was about 24 million video ads for our clients. And it just learned a ton. And but you know earlier this year I exited that business and actually jumped back onto another older business that I had, but then pivoted that into uh, into a new service. So yeah, it's been great fun. So uh, what's happening in video? I mean, you, you know, there was a long time uh, video guys have been out there saying, hey, you should have video for your business. You should have video online. And it seems like yeah, I've been hearing that for like 25 years and now everybody is finally catching up. So just 25 years late, feel sorry for all the guys that had the big beta <laughs> machines that they're dragging around. Um, so bring us right. up to date. What what you know, what's kind of happening in the marketing world in, in your space? You know, you're right. It, it 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 did feel like an eternity for business to get onto the video game. Uh, I remember when I started with video, it was back probably in 2007, 2008, around about there. YouTube was about a year old uh, when I started with this. And I remember the how excited I felt because I, I felt for the first time that you didn't have to be like a, a movie star or a celebrity or get onto a television show to be able to 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 have widespread 
you know, widespread sort of recognition and, and sort of influence for your brand. You could just do it all through a place like YouTube. And so I got really excited about it and started building a brand around that. And I thought, hey, everyone's going to jump on this. And to a certain degree, some people did, but I didn't realize how early I was. Uh, because not as many people jumped on. And it took a lot longer than I thought, like at least five years longer than I thought for, <laughs> yeah. uh, not 25, but five, you know, five years in, in the online game yep. is a long time, yeah. for, for the business community to sort of wake up to it and, and realize, hey, actually there's, you know, you can create really good content here and then use that as a as a way for building, you know, a, a really large audience if you wanted to for your business. And so I've, I've been really delighted to see that uh, happening over the years. And, and, and so, you know, every single business or project that I've been working on over the last decade has been in that space. So it's been really, really exciting to see. So what do you think are the, you know, the barriers that uh, prevent people from, you know, moving to this? I mean, it's so simple these days. I heard uh, Kevin Harrington speak and he was talking about when he first started creating infomercials and he said, everyone who's got a smartphone, hold it up. And he said, you know, you have more intelligence in your smartphone than I had in these $50,000 production cameras I bought, you know, 20 <laughs> years ago. Right. So obviously technology is not a barrier. So why do you think people have not gone to video and leveraged it for the, you know, the opportunity that's there? Well, I think they, they might still be a perceived barrier with technology, people might use that as an excuse, you know, say, oh, you know, I don't have the right camera or the right gear, blah, blah, blah. But really, the, the best camera you have always is the one that you have with you, right? A lot of, a lot of I've heard a lot of other people say that. Uh, yeah. So oftentimes, it's your phone and, and uh, or your webcam that you, you've got in front, front of your computer. So it, it doesn't have to be fancy in that sense. The the, the other challenge that, that probably people might not speak of if they haven't done video before, but that they'll run into eventually is the, the video production side. So it's one thing recording it and making that look and sound nice. But then, you know, what do you do with the footage afterwards? How do you get into a format that, that works really well online? And, you know, that involves editing, you know, post-production, adding sound. Like there's lots of stuff that you could do. Uh, but I've, I think I've figured out a shortcut where, you know, you don't even have to do all that stuff. We could talk about that if you want. But that's, that's certainly uh, another barrier. Um, you know, I've surveyed tens of thousands of people over the last decade and, you know, about video marketing, what's the biggest pain point. And the number one thing that always comes back is, is not the gear, but it's the video production, the video editing. That's the most painful thing that people experience when it comes to uh, video marketing. Yeah, I mean, it totally, totally makes sense. You know, I've done lots of videos on my, my iPhone and, and I'm just trying to figure out how to edit off the, the piece where I actually reach and turn the button off. <laughs> so you see my arm come across the front of the screen. Oh, I could live with, I could live with the, the bad sound, bites, but that's always looks a bit cheesy. Um, look, that's easy fix. I can tell you in three seconds, use, uh, use QuickTime. You know, it's a free piece of software and it allows you just trim the, the front and back out and it takes a few seconds. It's instant. It's really easy and quick to do. You don't even need fancy software. Anyway, so I hope I've solved that for you now, Doug. <laughs> there you go. That was 30 seconds. Well, thanks for coming on the show. And <laughs> so, so moving past, how, how do we well, get great looking videos so we can all look like Gary Vee on uh, LinkedIn? Well, do you mind if I talk about, uh, before we move into that, one more one more big barrier, I think that that's maybe could possibly the main thing that's holding people back from doing video and they might not necessarily want to admit it. And is that Okay. Yeah, fire away. All right, because it's it's a it's a big one, and and that's themselves. So what I mean by that is they don't think that they might be good enough to be on video, or they think they might have a face for podcasting, or, <laughs> or, <laughs> or <laughs> that's why I, that's why I'm podcasting. <laughs> Thank you right. for that. <laughs> so I don't actually believe anybody has um, <laughs> not a face for video. I think any like you 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 see some you know 
there's some people who, you know, not necessarily pleasing to the eye who can do extremely well on, on video. I don't want to mention any names because then, you know, I mean, they're ugly, but um, it, it doesn't matter what you look like. It, really what it matters is, is what you can do for other people and what, how you can serve them through, through your message and what you can teach them and help them with. And so yeah. th- there's, there's a big challenge there, I think, for people to, to overcome in, in actually just realizing that they can add value uh, by being on camera and, and, and maybe having this fear of them being rejected when they publish their videos online. I think that's, that's quite a big one that, that maybe not a lot of people talk about. Well, and a lot of people say, hey, I'm not a writer, so I, I can't write blog posts. And I remember uh, James Shremko saying that the only thing he does is dictate because he doesn't like writing either. <laughs> right. And, and this thing, everybody can talk, right? So if you can talk, it means you can be on video. You can talk on video, right? So, <laughs> yeah. But I think there's, there's definitely something you can do to to help with, with that if, if that's an issue. And, and I, I heard a wonderful tip from uh, one of Pat Flynn's guests uh, he had on his podcast. And I can't remember her name right now. Excuse me. But she, she said kind of like a follow along on the idea of feel the fear and do it anyway. That's kind of cool already, but it's, I haven't found it as practical yet. So what this lady said, and forgive me, I can't remember her name. She said, do the thing scared. So, so while you feel the fear, like do it while you're fearful, you know, don't, don't think that you've got to get rid of the fear before you do it. Don't think that you've got to build the confidence before you can do it. Don't think you've got to get the, the courage before you can do it. Just, just do the thing while you're scared. And I think that's quite a, a really big breakthrough idea. Uh, it's the same thing with public speaking, right? You're never going to be fully prepared for it. You're never going to have get rid of that fear completely. And so the idea is that you just, you realize that and you just go, okay, well, I'm just going to screw it. I'm just going to do this thing while I'm scared. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then as you do it, you build well. the confidence. Yeah. Right. Yeah, someone said, just record the video. You don't have to, you don't have to share it. Just get used to talking to the camera, Correct. looking at the camera and preparing the video. And then I read somebody else's tip once, which I don't think is great advice. He said, if you have to have a couple shots of whiskey before you do it, <laughs> do that. But eventually you need to stop drinking the whiskey to be able to do it without drinking. Well, I'm thinking, okay, yeah. I don't think I'm going to go down that road. It could, yeah. It could turn into a bad habit, I suppose, you know. Yes, and or, or some yeah, some undesirable content. Yeah, right. Interesting content for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but maybe not maybe not good for your business. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of production and engagement, I mean, everybody's talking about engagement these days. So we need mm-hmm. engagement in social if we want our, our, our organic posts to, to show. Right. We need engagement in our emails if we want the email service providers like Gmail to make sure they come to the inbox. So, you know, what's the best way to get engagement using video and on the social media platforms? You know, I think the key uh, is, is underlying uh, that I think a lot of people sometimes miss, and, and which is really the, the match that you have of between who you're talking to and the message that you have from, so your message market match, right? So I think oftentimes it's easy to get that wrong if you don't really do your homework properly, if you don't understand yourself and your audience really well and then creating a message that sits between that to, to bring those two worlds together. And when, I'm, when I say yourself, it's like, you as your brand, but also you as your company as well and the products and services you provide. So your message is really that thing between the audience and you and your products and services that, that brings it all together. And so what happens is a lot of people use uh, little tricks and, and shortcuts and things or whatever, maybe not necessarily shortcuts, but but tricks that they think would help engagement. And, you know, it, it's like trying to put lipstick on a pig, you know, or what do you call it? A, 
Is that is that the expression? You know, yeah, like yeah. It, it's, the pigs yeah, don't they, stay ugly, right? <laughs> yeah, still, still a pig. Yep. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, so, um, so I mean, there are things that you can do. For example, in in editing, you can you can do things like uh, using jump cuts. You know, where you zoom in quickly and zoom out of your face, for example, to to reset the attention, and that helps with engagement. That we we know that that works. There's uh, changing scenes. You know, so if you have got multiple camera shots, for example, you can change the, the different angles to reset the attention. You can add B rolls for example, which is, you know, where you've got maybe this the talking head sort of part of the video, but then it, as the person still speaks, it, it flicks over to something else, you know, that, that, that illustrates what they're talking about. Uh, you can do things like screen capture stuff, you know, where you're illustrating stuff on the screen. There's a whole host of things that you can do, adding music, adding sound effects, adding, you know, transitions and interjections and intros and outros, lower thirds, like there's a whole bunch of things that you can do that I think in the end can become a distraction. Especially if if you like if you get the message wrong, it doesn't matter. None of that stuff matters. It's not going to help you with engagement. So, and, and and part of getting the message right is getting connection with with your audience. And what I mean by the word connection here is if you could if you could imagine a lock, you know, like one of these D locks, you know, where or security locks, where once it's locked in, it's like you can't open it up unless you got the key, right? There's a, there's a lock in yep. effect. And that's the way I look at engagement and connection. It's like when you can really connect with your audience in that way and like and visually sort of in your mind, think about that sort of image of, of connecting, like locking people in to, to sort of sit on the edge of their seats to, to watch your video content. That's, that's the aim. If you can do that, that's going to be brilliant. And you can only do that if your message really resonates with your audience. There's no other way. There's no other real way of doing it. So that's the first thing, getting your message right. And then there's a bunch of other things you can do to, to, to help improve that as well. Well, it's interesting because in the day now where I think that one of the words I hear overused is be authentic. So everyone's be authentic, write authentic, <laughs> right. tell your story. <laughs> and then they overproduce the video like as a Hollywood production. Like mm -hmm. it's it's not, you know, nasty housewives or whatever. I mean, be a real person. Yeah. You know, there's got to be some production quality. I guess the main thing is the, the video should be in focus and the, yeah. the, the audio should be clear so you can hear it. Yeah. But beyond that, yeah. um, I agree with you. Get rid of all the other stuff. You don't need to stand in front of a Ferrari. Nobody cares. They know you don't own it anyhow. So, <laughs> right. you know, you can see the car lot sign behind you. Just yeah. whatever. Just go shoot the video and, and make sure the you know, the quality is good so people can see yeah. and hear you. Yeah, I think there's, there's I guess, what, what you could call hygiene factors for your, for your, for your video. And so the uh, hygiene factor... Some psychologists that came up with the name, I can't remember who it was way back, that found that, you know, there are some things that if it's there, we don't notice it. Or if it's if we only notice it if it's not there. So for example, if you're um if you're walking in into uh, maybe your friend's room or something like that, and it's messy. You know, the bed's not made, and uh, there's um, clothes on the floor, and there's dust everywhere. You you notice it uh, when you walk through there. But if it's clean and tidy, you know, and there's no impediments on the floor, you don't even notice it because it's it's, it's what's called like a hygiene factor, right? So it's the same thing with videos. There there are some things that you should do to get it to that threshold level of production quality. Uh, which I would call hygiene factor. So for example, being positioned well in the video, being well lit, having good audio, having the video quality at a good enough level. It doesn't have to be Hollywood production, but it has to be good enough. Having a background that's not distracting. So as I'm saying, like if you can make sure your video is created in such a way that it, it you know, people don't notice the bad things about it, then then you're all good. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, yeah, that uh, absolutely. But you don't have to go overboard. I think that's uh, that's the key. Keep it simple and, and focus on the message. 
So I would like to talk a bit more about kind of the service and the platform that you're offering. Because I think that the it helps um, reduce the barrier to entry for people if they've got some good tools that they can use for editing and coming up with a, a nicer looking, a better produced video. I mean, you know, right now, if you want to do text over, I don't know if that's the right term. Is that the right term for it when text scrolls over the video? Uh, you mean like captions? Captions. Thank you. Yes. Yes. You know, you need to have somebody to edit that. And I'm not nearly smart enough to do that. And I know that's one of the things you have some expertise in. So why don't you explain, you know, why people do that? And and if you've got any statistics or, or background or information on how that improves engagement or, you know, draws people in, because I'm just not sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so this is really interesting. Um, you know, we've talked about the, this whole engagement thing and how we how you can use editing to improve engagement. And, and really, when you look at, the, the function of editing, really, it, it really is only there to help improve engagement. But what if there was another way that you could get engagement without doing any editing? And this is something that I just recently sort of discovered is that when you add captions to your videos, so when you transcribe your videos and burn those, the text into your videos as captions, that automatically increases the engagement. Well, not only that, it also, it does two things. It first of all, grabs people's attention because, you know, with the videos auto playing on people's feeds, mostly the text, yep. the text is moving, you know, while you're speaking. So, so there's, because there's movement, it grabs attention immediately. You know, we, we are programmed to notice movement in, you know, with our eyes. So first of all, it grabs attention. And, and secondly, as people then get drawn to that and they read uh, the captions, like uh, when it's playing on on on, uh, on on silent mode, they automatically get engaged because they they read your content and and I mean that is engagement. So so it, it's fantastic. And so if, if your message is good enough, they might click on it to actually watch it. But I mean, most to be honest, most videos I watch now, I actually don't. There's no sound with it. I I actually just read the videos now because uh, they're the ones that are captioned. And if it's not captioned, I I don't even watch it. You know, I don't even. I don't even bother. I just keep scrolling. So it's it's a it's a tremendous way for uh, for getting engagement for your videos because you get people to read, and so so not only are they engaged, but it also consume and absorb your message a lot better. So it's really really powerful. Um, we've had we've had clients uh, seeing three times increase in engagement and, and views just by changing over to adding captions to their videos. It's incredible. Only only three hundred percent. That's right. Do you have Do any you? ones that have been really successful? <laughs> Um, well, um, there's, there's, well, okay, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you a couple of examples, which blew me away. So the first one was my own example. I've had a LinkedIn account for over a decade now, I think, but I never used it. So earlier this year, someone said, Hey, you should take a look at LinkedIn. I've got video now and it's, you know, it, the feed and blah, blah, blah. So, okay, I'll, I'll take a look. And okay. So it looked pretty interesting. So, um, at the time I was working on Splash Show, a, a new feature, which was to, to see if we could you know, record videos straight into the platform through your webcam. So I was testing this feature and I thought, what shall I, what shall I talk about? So <laughs> it just so happened that two weeks before that I made a stupid mistake on LinkedIn that I didn't even realize that I was making. And so I thought, okay, let's talk about that. Let's create the video about that. You know, who cares? I'm not even going to publish it. And even if I do, I've only got like 500 people, you know, connections on LinkedIn. So I recorded this video. It took me three minutes, 40 seconds. And then I pushed it through the Splash Air service with, you know, getting it captioned and stuff. And, and then I, I thought, ah, oh, you know, should I, this is kind of an embarrassing video. Should I upload this? <laughs> and <laughs> says, says the video yeah, guy. Exactly. And I, I said, oh, screw it. There's only 500 people, you know, and they're probably not even going to no get one, notified. No one will ever see it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, a week later and 27,000 plus views later, 
Wow. Uh, I think uh, close to 200 comments, heaps of likes. Um, best, it's my little video that I was never going to publish. <laughs> and I, I, I'm sitting there scratching my head, what the heck happened here? So I, I think at least two things happened. One, my message really resonated with the LinkedIn community. And two, I think using the captions helped improve that engagement to help help people absorb the content better and, and, and spread the word. So that's one example. I was just blown away by that. The other example is of one of my clients, Tim Saunders. Uh, he's a leadership sort of thought leader. And so- Yeah, I've heard him speak. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. I've got a couple of his, of his books. Yeah. Okay, cool. So so when you look at his LinkedIn profile, like his previous videos that were not sort of captioned, they, they do okay, you know, but, you know, not necessarily anything to write home about. And then this was really interesting. There was a video of him where he was- I don't know how much younger, but he looks quite quite a bit younger speaking on stage. I think it was about sending emails in the middle of the night or something like that or after hours. That was the topic. Uh, but it was captioned and you know, framed with a nice you know, headline and stuff like that. You know, this square sort of format where you've got the headline at the top, then the content and the captions down the bottom. And within, I think it was about two or three weeks, he got like 1.4 million views on that on LinkedIn. This thing just went viral and it was crazy. Like I, like I, I, like in a way, I couldn't believe it. You know that that you could get that sort of result. Just and and I'm okay. I'm sure it wasn't just the captions, right? I, I would like to say that. I mean, the message was powerful too. But I wonder um, how effective it would have been, you know, without the captions. But certainly, there's been there's been plenty of tests done. I can't remember off the top of my head now the the company. I think it was who was it now uh, Unbounce. Uh, was it them? It was one of, one of I can't remember. Sorry, I can't remember the name. But they did some tests no where. Where they uh, on Facebook, they, they ran two 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 versions of the video. One had captions, and the other one didn't. Exactly the same video, and they didn't even burn the captions in. It was just sort of uploaded to the to the platform, and they got a significant increase in engagement. Like things like likes, things uh, people clicking on the on the on the link, um, getting comments, and this sort of stuff. So that you know a significant increase, and that wasn't even like doing it in my view, properly. So it, it definitely makes a difference. There's no doubt about it, for sure. I mean, you, you can know for yourself when you're scrolling on your phone through Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn, even YouTube these days, if the videos, if there's no captions on the videos, you, you sort of tend to, if it's just a talking head video, you tend to scroll past. You go, you know, you should go, go for the ones that got captions in it. So, and, and the stats are the 85% of people watch their videos in silent at the moment. So, so that's huge. Well, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking that I very rarely click on any videos to play the audio. And, and sometimes I accidentally click and they're loud and it wakes up exactly. everybody that's around me. <laughs> right. So, because you watch your like videos you said, while you're in bed at night, right? So while everyone else is yeah. trying to sleep. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting outside the bedroom having a work on my laptop, having a cigar. My wife's already gone to bed and, right. uh, and all of a sudden this loud video comes on. But right. yeah, so Unbound said... Um, increased page conversion by 80%. There we go. All right. So, was was that so yeah. I, I went and had a look and that's, okay, good. that's a current study that was updated April 26, 2019. There you go. So um, absolutely. And that's the same one I was thinking about. So, I mean, that's awesome. And, and it's, it's such a simple little thing that you can do to make such a big difference. It's, it actually blows the mind how, how, how much improvement you can get from such a simple change. Well, and that's been one of the challenges. Like I've done some video where I've loaded to Facebook and the challenge is how do I convince somebody when I'm just waving at the camera? Hey, please, you know, <laughs> please, please listen to what I have to say. And they're going like, what's, what's he doing? Yeah, yeah. And they scroll on by, at least this way you have a chance to capture them. And the other thing I do is obviously when I see video and if the video looks engaging and I start listening to it, often um, I'll just play it in the background instead of my music and I'll, I'll listen to somebody speaking on a topic and continue to work. So I'll just listen to the audio if there's no nothing 
engaging the video than a talking right. head. But you had to convince me to turn the audio on yes. at some point. Yes, it's a it's a pain, and it's like expecting. It's trying to change user behavior, which is one of the hardest things to do, you know, in, in with, I guess, anywhere, you know, trying to change people's behavior is, is extremely difficult, if, you know, I'm not even sure if it's possible. You're much better off going with the flow and in, in that sense of, of what people are already doing and aligning with that. So if people are already scrolling and watching videos on silent, what's the best thing you can do to help people, you know, actually engage with your content? And well, at the moment, the best thing to do is slap a headline on, on the video and, and caption it that like the headline grabs the attention and the captions bring the yep. engagement at boom you got both both those things which is uh, essential for, for that engagement and that's what we've been doing but i've been sending it to an editor to do that because like i mentioned before i'm not right. you know, that's above my pay grade um <laughs> <Right>. so <laughs> I, I that's that's not where i'm at right but i mean it, it make it makes sense and you know the big the reason why i mentioned that is engagement i mean I, i've had a number of seo experts on my podcast and you know one of the guys said he said quite frankly he said i think that um google one of their algorithms now is they're looking at engagement so mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. then i know in the email space there's lots of work in the email that's also another factor now they're mm -hmm. looking at engagement engagement are people opening and right. engaging and clicking on a link it's massive uh in the in the video or i mean in your email right. that's sending an indication back to the the email server provider hey that this is relevant content right so hey let's 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 promote it higher so whatever we can do across all platforms to get engagement is mm -hmm. not only good for conversion but it's also good to reach a wider audience yeah and if you ask the question why 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 are they so interested in engagement i mean and and when you think about it, I mean, if, if, if people are watching videos for longer or opening up emails and reading them for longer, the, the companies who control these things have more opportunity for, for, you know, keeping them on the platform and showing them ads, basically. That's one of the reasons I would say. Um, so, so it's definitely, you know, beneficial for, for these platforms. I mean, if, if, if you're on Facebook and you stay on Facebook, the longer you stay there, the more chance you have of, of seeing ads you know, and, 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 you know, that's their business model. So same thing with YouTube, same thing with um, LinkedIn, not as much at the moment. LinkedIn is an interesting one at the moment because the ad thing is not as crazy there yet. So that's an interesting one to watch for sure. Well, soon enough. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Soon enough. It'll get around. Um, yeah. No, I mean, it, what's it's funny is because, um, you know, we years ago, we were doing a lot of lead gen, some very significant campaigns for ca uh, venture capital guys. And mm -hmm. we started testing video on landing page to doing exactly what you're saying, where we would put together a PowerPoint presentation, then we'd hire a um, uh, somebody to do the audio file. So mm -hmm. we need an English man or we need a, you know, a, a woman with an Australian accent or whatever. And we just right. hire the talent. And our conversion numbers went through the roof. We had people mm. phoning us going, can you do video landing pages for us? Like, no, mm. we only do them for our clients. <laughs> right. I mean, by, and, and by our clients, I mean somebody that we're running a marketing campaign mm. for, but it just absolutely crushed it. And the numbers mm. today, you know, obviously there's more competition, but it's still a huge uh, contributing factor to getting more time on site. Right. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's big. Yeah, definitely for sure. So walk us through the easiest way to do this. Oh, okay. The easiest way is just to get someone else to do it for you. Honestly, <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> just give it to someone else. <laughs> that's the best way. So, I mean, that's why we set up the Splash Your Service, right? So we, you know, we, we take care of it for you completely. It's hundred percent done for your service. You, basically, we just need your video file. Uh, we then manually transcribe that and you just, you know, select the template that you want. And we, we turn it into a beautiful looking video uh, and we send it back to you within 24 hours with, with your headline, with the video and the captions burned in and re ready to rock for social media. Now you can do it yourself as well. If you, 
if you don't value your time as much. <laughs> or if, <laughs> yeah, we did we did talk about that earlier. If you're if you're happy to work at a minimum wage pay, you can you can do it do it yourself. Look, but there's there's a huge portion of people who who like doing themselves, and and so there are plenty of tools around for that. Uh, you know, software um, that some pretty clever software around that can, can automatically transcribe the videos for you, right? Um, with with using artificial intelligence, and then you can use that, you know, for pushing it into your video or whatever else. Uh, you know, of course, I'm biased, you know, because you know I, I run a business that that does the four people, so I, I definitely am biased. But uh, and yeah, so while I think there are some great apps out there, the, the the problem I always run into is like if I have to do it for myself is is again the time, the time that it takes. Like it's oftentimes some of these the apps would promise something like you know 90% accuracy or whatever the number is uh, well let's say even if it's 98% accuracy for the for say the the transcription right what you don't realize is that it takes you about 2% that that 2% that's not accurate takes you about 98% of your time to fix <laughs> <laughs> so it's 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 things like some of the grammar the punctuation names are, are one that often gets wrong if there's any special kind of jargon in there that's a big problem. Just sentence structure sometimes, not not in terms of changing the words, but knowing where a full stop goes or knowing how where to put inverted commas for quotes. All these little things add up that that if you've got to go in there and do it yourself, because it's not like you can just go press a button and quickly fix all these things up. You've got to go through the thing word for word to review it and 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 fix up these fix up the mistakes. You basically become an editor and which is basically defeats the purpose again of, of trying to get rid of, of the editing function. So, but there's some pretty fancy software out there for sure. There's no doubt about that. That does some, some pretty, uh, does a great job of it. Um, but it, as long as you're happy to do it uh, you know, yourself and spend the time on it, then sure, go for it. Uh, but if you, if you want to, you know, just create the video and flick it on for someone else to do, to do get someone else and, you know, Splash is, is one of the options. Well, and you know, I guess the most important thing is get some content out there and and don't wait till it's perfect. Having said that, I, I, I'm not going to mention any names. I have seen some videos recently that been, have been transcribed. So they, mm -hmm. in, in theory, they, they look very similar to the, the videos that you're producing. Right. But I don't know how they're transcribing them, but there's a lot of spelling errors. And oh, like, yeah. man, no. you know, when you spell people's names wrong, like you can do anything, well, just about anything wrong. And that's why I yeah. asked you, you know, how to pronounce your last name. You do anything wrong except for call me by the wrong name. And then you've lost yeah. my attention. So, yeah. Well, that's it. And, and that kills engagement again, you know. So, so you've got to get the captions right. That's, and, and, you know, we've, we're in the company, we've got a promise of, of 100% accuracy. You know, we don't promise 98 or 99%. We promise 100%. And, and so we might not get that right immediately for you, but then we work with you until you're 100% happy. That's that's part of our promise. And because we we understand and, and realize and know the importance of getting that 100% right, because when someone's like sitting there scrolling through their phone and, and your video comes up and there's typos in it or they get their name wrong or, you know, even something like comma in the wrong place or or the, the sentence get, gets cut off halfway, you know, before the thought is finished, it, it slows people down. It sort of, it, it creates those, those, unwanted interrupts that then they go, you know, that it reduces engagement and then it introduces an opportunity for people to be distracted and then keep scrolling and then they, you know, they miss out on your content. So we, we try and make that as smooth as possible, like get, get rid of all the distractions so that, you know, people have a really, really good experience when they read your videos. 
Makes sense to me. So what are some tips you could give our listeners to, okay, this sounds good. Now, now we've figured out how to do the editing. So there's your service, there's Splashio, there's do it yourself. But if I'm going to have someone like you do it, what's the easiest way for me to produce video? So if I say, let's set a goal. Let's just, like you said, to address my fears head on and let's get it done and let's crank out 20 videos in a month. Just to commit to doing one a day, get them batched so they'll come out in time. How do I produce? What's the easiest way for me to produce the videos? I've got my phone. Yeah. Walk us through the process of what we should do to deliver you the easiest file to work with so we get the best result. All right. So probably a, a question lingering in people's minds is what the heck do I talk about? You know, how do I create freaking 20, 20 videos for, for you know, a, a month or a video day or something like that? How do I come up with the topics? And so uh, one easy shortcut is to basically just ask yourself, you know, what are all the problems that your target audience are experiencing? Problems, frustrations, need, desires, all those sort of things. What, what list all those things down and on the on say the left hand side and then on the right hand side you write down what it is that they want to achieve like what is the outcome that they want from it so if they're struggling say let's say um i don't give me an example let's see if i can do this off the cuff Okay, so somebody's struggling with generating leads. Okay, generating leads. Okay, so frustration might be it's it's uh, my website is not converting. Right, so that's that's yeah. what they're complaining about. I'm sending traffic but I'm not getting any conversions. Right. And so the outcome then is say a hundred leads a day, right? So in between that, between the frustration and and what they want, there is something in the middle that's called a barrier, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> okay? And so your job with your content is to help people jump over that barrier. And you can actually yeah. visually draw this out, like draw, draw like a little picture. I did this yesterday for, for a video I created yesterday and it works so well. You, you draw those two, you, you have one word on the left and the, the other outcome word on the right. And then I had a line in the middle that was the barrier, the thing that was holding people back. And then my content was all about jumping over that thing. And it was beautiful. So you can come up with, with unlimited amounts of content. You can go so deep with problems. You can go very superficial to, to make it more general. So, so it's basically, there's no limit to content when you, when you use that. But once you've, once you've got that and you've overcome all the other things we've talked about, you know, what I do is I have my best way and quickest way of doing it is, is in my studio because it's not even a studio. In fact, it's, it's a very simple little room that I have, but it's a controlled condition where there's no wind blowing in my microphone, for example. There's no <laughs> noisy kids pe or people screaming outside or talking even. Or birds. We've got crows here. They're terrible um, making noises. So it's a controlled environment for, for the sound and for the lighting, which means that I can just literally come and sit in front of my camera, hit record, and I'm ready to go. So I've re you remove all those barriers. And so what I've got is I've, I've got a webcam. It's plugged into my computer. And and then I've got a good microphone. In fact, I've got it's not even expensive. I actually just sold my expensive microphones. I used to have um, Rode Podcaster microphones. I just sold both of them, and um, I bought these little Audio Technica microphones that I got recommended by uh, Tom Schwab from uh, Interview Valley. They're brilliant. They're so good. It's like 150 bucks. They are so good. Anyway, plugs into my computer with USB, and then I use ScreenFlow. So you can either use if you're on PC, use like you can use Camtasia. I use ScreenFlow on Mac, and then I record straight onto my computer into into ScreenFlow with my webcam and, and the microphone. And, <laughs> and that's it. You know, then then because it's ScreenFlow, it means I can chop little bits out if I want and just just hit export and then I'm done. Like seriously, this this a five minute video a video that's five minutes long shouldn't take me more than five minutes to create, basically. <laughs> you know, something along those lines. Or maybe not quite. Maybe it takes an extra minute just to quickly process that. But it's like if I yesterday's video was like three minutes long. Maybe it took me five minutes all up. To, to create the video yep. and get it get it off to the service. And that was it. You know, it was one take. 
Well, I think the other thing you can do for topics too is uh, what's called news hacking, right? You just pick your, you know, you know, your sources of information for your industry, whatever industry you're in. Right. So what, what are the top five headlines that, are, that everyone's talking about on that particular day? Yeah. Create a video, know that I can upload to service and I can have it out the next day. And I'm going to pick up some of that residual traffic. And it's something that's topical because of, you know, a third party publication, yeah. pick a publication, you know, marketing world today is writing about X. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, somebody did the research to figure it out. So what, you know, what can you add to that or even your perspective on that? Yeah, I, I think that's a great idea. Uh, the, the more current it can be, the, the better. The only thing you got to watch out for for current sort of events is that they've got a, a short lifetime, a uh, life lifespan. Sure. Yeah, but who cares? Uh, in a way, like if you've got a if you've got a good method for getting people to subscribe, say to your channel or to your LinkedIn page or whatever it is, or Facebook, or even to your email database. In a way, it doesn't matter too much, you know, if, if that content is not evergreen. Obviously, if you can create evergreen content, especially on a place like YouTube, that's going to rank for many years to come and send you nice long tail traffic, then that's definitely beneficial. A friend of mine here in, in Australia, Justin Brown from Primal Video, that's exactly what they do. So they don't go for the for the current stuff necessarily or the viral stuff. They just have a really good SEO strategy where they optimize it for the right keywords and then they, they get all the long tail traffic and they're just crushing it at the moment. So that's brilliant. I mean, in some of the stuff, I mean, to be perfectly honest, I, I, I've never gone back to listen to my first and second and third episode of my podcast right. because I don't know if my ego could stand it. So <laughs> um, I'd be happy if it wasn't long tail. I can just get it out of the way and consider it, consider right. a practice. If I can get some people to opt in, that's great. And in the meantime, you know, if I do enough of them, you know, I'm going to get better. Yeah. And, okay. Here's interesting, something really interesting, Doug, that, that I didn't realize, but I, I felt it firsthand uh, with my YouTube channel. Like when I, as I was building my YouTube channel, I thought that I could create content that's evergreen and it would it would send traffic to me into everlasting foreverness. Uh, not the case, not the case at all. When you stop publishing on the platforms, like for YouTube, for, for example, and I, I can't have a, a blanket statement here about this, but for me, when I stopped publishing, my traffic started drying up as well. So, oh, wow. so it's interesting, like even though you might create evergreen content, if you stop publishing and you stop seeing the signals out that you're relevant and current, I think the platforms that they, they can they know and they want to serve information that's relevant and and recent. So so I think that strategy you're talking about with with finding the news, the current news sort of events, I think that could work really well. And and I think that maybe the a good view to to have with this a good way of looking at it is that it's it's not necessarily an asset that you're building that that's maybe not the right way of looking at it your content it's more like a river that you're building so it's a, a river of flowing information and so so the information is never static it's always it's always new information coming along so if you can th- sort of think about how how can you create a river of information and and expand that river how can you make the river wider and how can you make it the river go, uh, flow faster that might be quite a good way of of looking at content and I learned that from my wife because she writes some original content, but she also curates right. content that's out there because there's lots of good content out there. So you don't have to feel this burden that I have to create all this original content. And now I'm not speaking for anyone else other than myself, but you know, I probably don't have very many original thoughts. Like somebody <laughs> right. else has already thought it or said it in the right. world. So, you know, let's not beat ourselves up and let's produce some original content, but there's nothing wrong with curating other good content and pointing people in that direction because it also builds goodwill. Absolutely. And and you can always put your own spin on it or put or have your own opinion about someone else's content piece, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean that that can work really, really well for sure. 
Well, there we go. So uh, I'm going to wrap it up. I want to ask you a couple questions. And one of my questions is, who's one guest I absolutely have to have on my podcast? All right. So we had a chat about this before. And I think who I'd like to recommend is, is Yaro Starek. He's a fellow Canadian. So he's a longtime friend of mine. We actually uh, ran a company together called Become a Blogger. Back in the day, we were, I think we were one of the first video-based training courses for blogging back then. I think we launched it in it was 2007, 2008. But Yaro's been a really interesting guy in the, his, his blog used to be called Entrepreneur's Journey. And so, and he's really been on a journey as well. And he's a really interesting guy. I, I think your audience would really love hearing from him. Well, that'd be amazing. I'll ask you uh, to make an introduction and I will follow up with Yaro and we'll get him booked on the show. Brilliant. Now, where can people learn more about you and what you're doing and your superpowers and how you can make them look amazing in video? <laughs> well, um, okay, there's a couple of places, I guess. I mean, I guess we didn't cover this, uh, Doug, but we've, we we do have a link that we could send people to for, for Splashio with maybe something special there for your audience. Would, would you like me to mention that link? Sure, that'd be great. Anything special for the audience, bring it on. All right. All right. So, so it's, if they go to splashio.com forward slash RMRF, so uh, real marketing real fast, right? So RM, uh, splashio.com yep, forward slash RMRF, yep. it'll, it'll take you to a page where you'll see Doug's face and you'll know you're in the right place. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and we'll have something special there. I think at the moment there's like a free trial or something that you guys can get access to there. And so, yeah, that's, that's, that's ready there for you guys. And if you want to follow along more, more what I'm doing personally and, and, and reach out to me personally, um, you can hook up with me on, on LinkedIn because I'm I'm pretty excited about LinkedIn at the moment. So just just search for me, uh, Gideon Shalwick, and uh, and he's he, a really handsome the- looking guy. You'll find him with big <laughs> big smiling face and a really sharply trimmed goatee. Uh, goatee? I don't have a goatee anymore. Well, you have to update your LinkedIn p- picture. Well, it's it's more of a. Um, well, okay, okay. Uh, I, it's it's actually I was trying to grow a beard there for your information. Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay, the picture is the size of a dime. So. No, but I do I do have problems with with growth. So I... no, that wasn't that wasn't my intention here. I mean, I... that's all good. It's all good. Well, there you go. So, hey, I want to say thanks. It was really great to connect with you again and see what you're doing. I was really impressed with you, what you guys were doing in video uh, quite a while ago. And I'm super excited to, I want to come over and, and try what you guys are doing, see if you can make me, uh, make my podcasting face look good on video. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Definitely do that. So there you go. I'm going to suggest you head over to uh, Gideon's website, Splashio. Check it out. Have a look around. Click the buttons and take a look and see if that, you know, this tool that uh, they've provided, this service they provided for uh, marketers and entrepreneurs like you and I is a fit for your business. So I'm going to say thanks again to Gideon for uh, being so generous and for uh, making an offer to our listeners and for sharing his valuable information on how we too can look better in our videos. So thanks listeners for tuning in. Um, I'm sure you got some great information from this episode. Don't be shy to leave a comment on the uh, blog once the show notes are up and or on iTunes account. Make sure you subscribe to our email list and I look forward to serving you on our next episode. That's all for this episode of Real Marketing Real Fast. Now it's time to take your marketing to the next level by visiting dougmorneau.com and downloading our advanced marketing white papers as well as exclusive resources based on today's episode. That's dougmorneau.com. Until next time, we look forward to serving you right here on Real Marketing Real Fast.